excited to introduce you all to the fourth annual Technology Matters Marathon. I can't believe that we've done this four fourth. years in a row. Fourth. Fourth. Uh, fifth, wow. Fourth. I know. It's a lot. It's, it's, it's a fun day. We love it. It is. It's a fun, I know. We get all dressed up, at least from the waist up. Yeah. I put makeup on today. I put makeup on. You got some makeup on. I got, I got my hair today. We're ready to do this. So I, I styled my, my hair last night. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you're with the wash awesome. rag with the wash rag. <laughs> yeah. A little oil. Um, all right. Well, let's get things officially kicked off again. Welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Kaylee Agrito, head of events and marketing here at Great Data Minds. Um, for those of you who don't know us yet, Great Data Minds is a collective of passionate data activists, and we are on a mission to modernize the world of data. We do this in two different ways. The first is that we have our services arm at GDM Innovation Labs, and this is where we do the deployment of our critical data projects. And then over here on the greatdatamines.com side of the house, we do uh, events just like the one you're going to see today. This is one of our annual marquee events. Um, we have transformational thought leadership. We have a community running on LinkedIn. We've got a lot of different ways to interact and engage with data analytics um, professionals worldwide. So a little bit of housekeeping before we get things kicked off. This is a webinar. So of course your cameras and your microphones are off, but we really wanna hear from you. We would love to see you popping into the chat. We'd love to see you using that Q&A section. And then at the end of each one of the sections we're gonna to do today, we'll reserve a little bit of time to ask questions. If you want me to unmute you at that point, we can certainly do that as well. Uh, the more that we interact as a group, the better off this experience is gonna be. Um, so allow me to introduce the other folks that we have on the line today. I will start with my partners in crime, Julie Burrows. She is our esteemed CEO. She has developed a illustrious career through the use of cloud data visualization, machine learning. She helps organizations save millions of dollars because she helps them grow from the ground up by modernizing their analytics programs. Julie Burrows, thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you for having me for the fourth year. Absolutely. Well, you know what? We might even invite you back for the fifth. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we okay. have Mike if, if you mind yourself today, yes. If you behave today, because she never behaves. So let's just, you know, keep eyes on her screen, guys. Um, Mike Lampa, he's our chief analytics officer here at GDM. He is our biggest and best great data mind. He's got a ton of strategic and practical experience, uh, both as an enterprise enterprise user and consultant and working with some of the world's most prestigious brands. Um, so that's the GDM side of the house. And then we have our um, partners at Right Data. And Right Data is an end-to-end -end data integrations and data ops solution. And joining us from this team, we have Kevin Smith. He's the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Right Data. And then we also have Harish Raju. He is the Director of Research and Innovation at Right Data. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here, being our first victims of the day. <laughs> Yay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wonderful. we're excited okay yeah let's get it done so mike would you like to kick things uh, off yeah yeah kevin harish thank you for joining us i am excited about um revealing your product to our audience today um you know there's a couple things um julie and i have been preaching and we fully embrace the concept of product management and having a product management mindset when we're building our data products and then our analytic products on top of it. And we're really encouraged with Right Data because of your 
you fully embrace the whole concept around product management mindset and data products and, and treating them across their whole holistically across their entire life cycle. Very, very encouraged to see that. Um, and the, the other thing I'm real encouraged about right data that people are going to see today is, is I love the modular design around the platform, right? Um, you give me this holistic capability and I can buy components of it or license components of it and use components. I don't have to use the entire platform. So very excited. And Kevin, I would love to hear more uh, from you and Harish. Let's, let's get after this. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. Yeah, just to kind of check, can you guys all see my screen? You good to go? We yes, can, sir. We can. All right, fantastic. So, like, uh, like uh, you said, my name is Kevin Smith. I run marketing here at Right Data, and with me, we've got my colleague Harish. Uh, Harish, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself as well? Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. I'll be walking through the demos today. Thank you. All right, and we're, we're super excited to be here at the Technology Matters Marathon. As you mentioned to us earlier, in the premier spot reserved only for the very best companies, uh, the very first, the kickoff slot. So we're really excited about that and all the trust that you placed in us. You bet. Well, today, today I want to talk to you a little bit about building data products and building trust and how we do that at Right Data. And the first thing you need to know about us is we believe in data products. To mm -hmm. us... Data products are everything. Mm -hmm. um, the story I love to tell about this is we believe so much in data products. Our founder, Wasu Satnapali, had pretty amazing positions. He was at Coca-Cola. He was at Nike. He was at Bank of America. Senior positions with huge teams running data and analytics. And he saw a problem. And he believed in this in data products so much that he decided to leave those pretty stable positions and come over and form a company. And that company's Right Data. We've been around since 2016, and everything we do is 100% focused on building data products, specifically trusted data products. So you might be asking, well, okay, that's that's great. What exactly is a data product that you believe in so much? Well, a data product looks like this to us. A data product looks like this sort of an atomic structure, and it closes the gap between the business people and the things that they're trying to accomplish with data. And this is me. This was me when I was a, a business person leading different organizations, and I would, I would email our IT or our data team and go, hey, do you have any data about sales in the Northwest for a specific product between June and July? And they go, um, yeah, I think we might, but I'm the wrong person. Try this other person. And I would go back and forth and back and forth. And then I'd get data. And how old is this data? It's offline now. Can I trust it? Can I use it? If I create a report using this data and I send it out, am I going to get in trouble? Is this the wrong data? That was a problem. Data products solve all this. Data products are a combination of analysis-ready data. They're the definitions, the glossary, the meaning. So you can understand in plain language, not some cryptic SAP columny. They're trust. I know when I send this out, I'm not going to get a nasty knock on the call from the SEC because I reported erroneous data to the government. That's a bad day. They're the metadata, the who, what, where, when. When was this created? Who did it? Uh, the details of that data. And then the findability, the accessibility, the actionability so that you can do things with this data. And they solve these major problems that we see in kind of no particular order here. Low adoption. Whether you're looking at like the Eckerson Bark Group, um, they report 25% of data, 25% uh, of employees adopt data. 30% is the number Gartner uses. 70% of data gets thrown away, never used. 
poor agility. 50 plus percent of executives say they cannot do the things they need to because they don't have the right data in the right place at the right time. And it's just too complicated. It takes something like six to eight different tools to get data from raw data to business ready. Data products solve that. And that's why we believe so much in data products. Now, some places you'll see that they do one or two of these things. They've got the data. Maybe they've got some findability. They've got a catalog, something like that. You have to have all of these elements in order to have a good data product, a real data product. Because if you don't have findability, if you can't find your data and you're doing what I did, which is send those emails back and forth. Hey, Steve, do you have this data? No, talk to Bob. Nope, talk to Cindy, wrong person. If you can't find the data, you just don't use the data. You end up using whatever's closest. If you don't understand the data, you could make false assumptions. If you can't take action, well, okay, how do you use this for decision-making? And finally, maybe most critically, if you can't trust the data, what is the point? Why would you even use data and throw it into even the prettiest bar chart if you can't have 100% faith in your data? Data by itself alone is not enough. Modern businesses use data products to make their decisions. And here at Write Data, like I said, we believe fully in data products. And we have three things that you should know about that help us build data products for you. Number one, no-code data factory. This is everything that you need to build the data product. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in a second. And then Harish is going to show you. Trust. We have trust built in. In fact, trust was the very first part of Write Data as we built out in, like Mike said, a modular fashion. So it's the ability to monitor and continuously profile and observe your data. And then an actionable data market. And actionable is a, is a word that's doing some heavy lifting right there. It's not a catalog. It's a place where I can have an Amazon, like a consumer experience to find my data and then do something with it. When you put it all together, it looks a little bit like this. Now, over here in our very simplified high-level diagram, we've got the raw data. Whatever the data source is, it could be on-premises data, it could be cloud data, it could be batch data, it could be streaming data, files, your SAP uh, you know, data source, Salesforce, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. So we can connect to that, and then it goes into our blue, the no-code data factor. This is where you can take that data and I can join it and I can persist it into a lake house or a cloud data warehouse. I could do all my wrangling activities. Uh, let me strip out the zeros. Let me change CO from um, CO to Colorado. Let me go ahead and ooh, let me remove all the negative numbers. Let me do all the standard things that you would do when you're trying to do your cleansing and your, your, your preparing of the data. You can also do things like applying machine learning. Here's the difference. Unlike with other tools where you're doing all this through code, we all know that there are tools where if you want to prepare your data, you're opening up a notebook-like uh, interface and you're writing thousands of lines of, of code. That's great. Makes it a little hard to find where errors might lie or if you need to go make changes later, you need to add a new data source or the business model has changed. A little hard to find where you need to make all those changes. Here, we do it visually. Zero code required. What you can do, and Harish is going to show you this, you can actually drag things like machine learning from your tool palette and just drop it right onto your canvas. You know, I'd like to apply a little bit of categorization. Boop, drop it right in there and apply that, apply that machine learning without writing any code. The next part in the red there is the trust platform. That's the ability to go and profile your data, go and validate your data. Use machine learning to find anomalies. Use machine learning again to write all those business rules that might have taken you 
or in some cases I've seen it take, you know, days to create all the hundreds and hundreds of rules to do things like, you know, find social security number, um, you know, matches, or, you know, make sure that this looks like a, a US phone number. We can do all that automatically. So within our trust platform, we're observing the data, doing the observe data observability, we're finding anomalies, we're letting you know through notifications and alerts, hey, you need to come take a look at this and fix this. And you can do all that reconciliation, all that validation right inside right data. So now you've got a data product that you use the no-code data factory to build. You use the red part here, the trust, to make sure that it's a 100% reliable data product. The next step is doing something with it. And this is the newest part of our platform. This is our data market. This is where you can go and find your data product. I could do things like in natural language, type in, show me data products around sales for the Northwest between June and July. And it's going to come back and give you results. And I can see who else is using it. Just like Amazon. How is it rated? Is it four stars? Is it five stars? What's the trust rating on this one? What's the quality rating? Since we've got that trust and quality platform, we can give you that. And then I can actually take action. I can request access and it goes to whoever the domain owner is, the steward. And they can say, yes, Kevin should have access to all this sensitive PII information. Give him access. I get access and I can actually take action. Right from there on the right-hand side, you see I could use that data that I've just uh, been granted access to in the data market. I could consume the API if I'm a product person and start using that within my application. I could consume the JDBC and, and take that data and use it in notebooks or ML models, or I could download it using spreadsheets. I could even, if I've got like Tableau or Looker or Power BI, right there, you'll be given an option, you know, use this in Tableau and I can do that. Maybe I don't have any analytics within our data market. We can actually, uh, data market, we can actually visualize it right there. So this does all the, the work of probably six to nine on the, on the low end number of tools in a single platform. But the great thing about it, like Mike was alluding to, it's modular. So if you come to us and go, you know what? I just need help. I've got a million data sources on premises. I just need to lift it up and get it up to the cloud and make sure all 10,000 tables make it up there exactly as they were. We can do that for you. Or if you just want the data market, we can do that for you. Or if you just want to do the no-code data wrangling, we can do that as well. Not a problem. Integrated, modular, 100% designed to do data products. Now, enough of the marketing speak, enough of the slide where we're going to go over and I'm going to have Harish now is going to take the helm. I'm going to drive for him for just a second here. He's got a couple of slides to set up what he's going to show you, but then we're going to show you the actual product. Harish, you ready to go? Yes, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin, for All the introduction. Right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Harish, and as the Director of Research and Innovation at Write Data, I'm responsible for shaping the architecture and technology choices for our product offering. With that said, um, let's take a look at uh, the data products today. And today, um, you know, I would like to show you three key modules, as Kevin mentioned, in the platform. Uh, firstly, um, I will walk you guys through the data factory. Uh, and number two, uh, data trust and the data market. Next slide, please. Firstly, we will um, see the data factory. Um, the core goal of the data factory is to create the pipelines. Within this section, we'll focus on addressing critical use cases such as migration pipelines. How do you create batch and streaming pipelines? We'll also demonstrate how our 
platform leverages a low-code, no-code interface uh, with a drag-and-drop capabilities to effortlessly develop data pipelines at scale. Okay. Second part of the demo, we will cover the data trust and the observability. Uh, we understand the significance of data quality in building uh, trust within the data product. So this part of the demo, we will focus on two key aspects, mainly the validations and the reconciliations as key enabler for data trust. And lastly, we will also um, show you the actionable data market in this segment. Uh, we will show you how our platform enables Amazon-like interfaces to search, discover, publish, subscribe your data products. With that said, let's get into the demo. Let me share my screen. Can someone confirm if if you can see my screen, Dexter's screen? We certainly can. Yep. We see you. Okay. Okay. So this is our data factory platform. Uh, before getting into the actual demo, I would like to orient you all about the platform um, itself. So in the data factory on the top, as I mentioned, this is all about pipeline creations, different kinds of pipeline creations for different use cases. On the top section of the screen, you see like what are the pipelines that exist in the system and what are the jobs that are scheduled. Jobs are nothing but um, you know automated uh, scheduled data workflows and what are the connections that exist within these projects. Right? It gives you an asset details how many assets exist in the system. On the middle section of the screen, you see here all the pipelines that we have created in the system. So today, um, for, for the data factory demo, we will be covering three use cases. One is migration use case. Migration is usually used when you wanted to modernize your platform or when you are moving your data from one platform to another. For example, if you are moving your data from SQL Server to Snowflake as part of your modernization, migration is something that most of the enterprises use to move all your historical data from your current system to your new system. So that is one use case that we will see today. And following use cases are batch use case, and we'll show you some streaming use case. So with that, with those three use cases, we will be finishing up the data factory. So first one to start here, I will pick one migration use case. In this part of the canvas, what you see here on the left is SQL Server, and on the right you see a Snowflake. So we are doing a data migration between SQL Server and Snowflake system. So on the left, the, the beauty of the migration pipeline is, if you have hundreds of tables that you have to migrate at once, you can use the migration platform. Without the migration platform, you end up writing a lot of code and a lot of frameworks to move your historical data that's out there in your old traditional systems. So here we provide a low-code, no-code interface to drag and drop all the tables that you want from your source system and automatically map it to your target system. So here, when we are mapping, you have an option to create the target tables automatically, or if you have already created the Snowflake tables, you know, we can map it to the existing tables. So I'll go ahead and run this simple pipeline. The ingestion is happening. On this section, you see three key areas in the migration pipeline. One is the high-level overview of the migration. 
you have a detail logs, which say step-by-step of each table, and you have a visual log. For example, we have 17 tables that we are moving within the platform from, from SQL Server to the Snowflake system. Okay. The migration will take some time when this is running. Okay, it's loading. So the ingestion is complete. You see when the ingestion is complete, it's highlighted as green here. And on the right-hand side, you see how many records are getting processed on each individual tables. So this is a very powerful tool if you have to migrate your legacy system to your new system and here, for an example, I'm just showing SQL Server to Snowflake, but in reality, it can be any source system to any target. You can migrate from Databricks, so you can migrate from Hadoop to Databricks, you can migrate to uh, from EMR to Databricks, or any kind of systems can be used for data migration. Okay, so that's on the migration. I'll pick another use case of batch processing. Quickly go back, go to the pipelines, here, I would like to highlight the batch processing capabilities of the data factory. So here on the palette, on the left-hand side, if you see, we have three sec four sections, source, which indicates all your possible source systems that you can connect with the data factory. We have 150 plus connectors and using any system that can connect to JDBC, we can connect to it and we have a transformation node where you can just drag and drop into the canvas and you can start doing your transformations for a data pipeline. And all the transformations, complex transformations, you can use it in a low code, no code fashion. Like behind the scene, we generate the code for you. You don't have to write any single code here. And um, you can also write your own custom logics, custom SQL that you would like to uh, write. So that's on the transformation and any targets Sinks are the targets where you wanted to write. So in this section, in the canvas, in this example, we have chosen two sources, two source system, the SQL Server and the Oracle or your source in this pipeline, batch pipeline. And we are taking orders data from SQL Server and customers data from Oracle. And if you notice, we are doing a lot of transformations in between here. You know, we perform certain aggregations, certain sorting, certain joins, filtering, all kinds of transformations and certain you know route functions like you can route so uh, with a certain condition you can route the data to a different stream so on the far right if you see i'll kick start the run session so that i can show you the output as well on the far right you see we are writing to multiple data targets here in this example we are writing to an ftp an s3 bucket a snowflake an azure blob storage and an s3 um s3 so so clearly, uh, you can you can you can clearly see that the platform is capable to uh, connect to n different sources and write to n different target. And the other beauty of the platform is uh, you can get to see at every single step of the process. You can visually see what's what's the record behind this each step. For example, the order status, I have 16 records with this aggregation and you can get to see. This is very handy when you are developing pipelines as a developer. When you have some issues in the pipeline, you can drill down to each of these individual steps and see where the issue is happening. And this is very comfortable for data engineers 
to find the root cause of the pipelines where it is failing. Okay. So that's on the batch pipeline. And also we have certain streaming pipelines that I would like to show you all today. Let me go back to the streaming pipelines. This is one of our streaming pipeline where we are loading uh, data from a SQL server, from log-based SQL server to the Kafka topic. So if you have a Kafka cluster, yes, we can write it into a Kafka cluster and the data is streamed here. Um, so you see like you can parallelly stream a lot of different uh, tables um, into Kafka. And from Kafka, you can again take it and load it into any of the target systems. So this is a continuously running, running a streaming uh, streaming pipeline, and this is log based. When we connect to the source system log based, there are different ways to connect to a source system. One is query based for the CDC purpose. You can connect this query based, or you can also connect to a log based. For for majority of the database system, we provide log based system, which is most efficient for fetching the change data captures. Okay. And also we have jobs. The jobs section of the platform will enable you to schedule the pipelines on a, on a, on a schedule that you choose to run. So uh, you don't need a separate uh, scheduling tool like Airflow and things like that. You can use an inbuilt scheduler, or if you wish to choose an external scheduling tool, you can call the pipelines from your external tools. Okay. So that's a quick overview of our data factory. I will quickly switch into the, the data trust, but before going into the data trust, I just wanted to give a summary of what our data factory does. A data factory is all about building pipeline in a low-code, no-code fashion. Um, it reduces the time to create your pipelines, and it also, uh, it's a very drag-and-drop um, enabled uh, canvas. Uh, you don't have to know Java, Python, Scala, and all these uh, languages in order to create uh, pipelines at scale. Um, the platform is powered by Spark and Kafka behind the scene. So you get all the scalability power that you, you usually get in the open source technologies. With that said, I'll switch to the Data Trust platform. So this is our Data Trust platform. On the first cockpit screen, you see, uh, as, a, as a product uh, owner or, um, or a data governance lead or even a technical lead, one can easily come to this cockpit and see how many assets have been created, how many validations exist in the system, how many reconciliations. It gives you a total snapshot of how the overall system uh, status is. Okay. So today in the Trust platform, we will be seeing few reconciliation and validation scenarios. I'll quickly jump to the validation scenarios. First, I will show you a quick migration scenario. Let's say in the previous data factory, we migrated MS SQL or Microsoft SQL data to Snowflake. Now we wanted to validate to make sure that all the data from my SQL server is arrived into Snowflake. So, so the data trust platform here will help you get into the insights of whether the, all the data made through the systems or is there any data that is missing between the data transfers. Right. I will kickstart this 
data, data run. So here we call it as a technical data reconciliation. Basically, this is a row count comparison. Here you see, like from the MySQL, I'm comparing all these different tables with my Snowflake tables. And here we see the difference in the first record. For example, the customer table, we have 10 rows that is different, meaning there is a difference of 10 records between source and the target, right? So this is a very handy tool when you do migrations. Um, let's say a lot of our customers use this tool, uh, you know, for example, when we are migrating from SAP ECC to S4, or even migrating from, you know, uh, Cloudera Hadoop to Databricks, we are, uh, a lot of customers use this to make sure the data is in sync before they actually switch on the production work. Right. So this is the technical data reconciliation. Uh, so what if, if I wanted to know more details about what are those 10 records that is really missing into this uh, system? Like if I have to drill down, we have another kind of scenario, which is called the functional data reconciliation. Let me show you one functional re reconciliation here. Let me run this. So here we are comparing the same Snowflake with MS SQL. So here we are ingesting around 150,000 records from, from Snowflake and 149,000. There are 20 records that is missing between these two systems. I wanted to really see what those 20 records that are missing. So here in this exception screen, we get to see total number of exception is 20, out of which 10 records, the keys exist in the source, and the target, but the data is different. Meaning, yes, I see the primary keys matching in both the systems, but the data somewhere somewhere in the columns, the data is mismatched. So I, if I wanted to see which exact columns are having mismatch, I get into this screen, and here the symbol is our source, and this is our target. For example, you can clearly see in the market segment, on the source, we have for this record identifies automobile, on the target, we have it as identified as furniture. So this is this is cell by cell comparison, folks. So this you can do on a, a bigger scale, like millions and billions of records. It is very very handy for data governance team and data quality team to quickly identify what is what is not matching between two different systems. Right? So in this case, it highlights every single column that is not matching. For example, here you can see the account balance. On the source, I have the account balance of zero and a different account balance on the target system. So this tells my data engineering team that something is wrong in the pipeline, or either in the source or in the target, and they got to go and fix it. So that's on the functional data reconciliation, which helps you um, establish that data trust in the data product. Finally, whenever you are preparing your data products, you got to have the trust. And these are certain key features that you need to have in the platform for anybody to go and tell that, yes, the data product is fully validated and vetted. You can go ahead and use it, right? So these are the tools that empower data trust. I'll quickly show one more key features, which is validation in the product. Let me jump on to that. Let me show this one example. So what are validation rules? So as part of a data quality team, you will have to write a lot of different uh, validation rules. 
And uh, this particular example, it shows on one data set how, how many rules you can define. This is actually a real um, you know, validation rules that one of our customers were using. We just simulated a similar example here just to show like how, how many rules you can validate across a given data set. I'll go ahead and kick this off. Again, the, the rules can be standard rules or it can also be um, a business uh, custom, business rule, like you can have your own customized business rules. In this example, you see here, we ingested 145 records. Out of this, I'm checking a lot of different checks like mandatory uh, fields check, work orders check, is there any duplicates and things like that. Let me go into the exceptions. And here I get a snapshot of all the exceptions that, that has been captured in the data set. And here you see a presence check. And if you drill down here, it tells you the actual uh, mandatory fields. This is the business rule that we have defined. So fields, following fields should not be null. Like all these fields should not be null in my data set. That's my custom business rule. Anything that violates gets highlighted as an exception. And, and the length check, for example. Here, the work order. The work order should always be equal to you know, the seven, seven characters, but maybe there is one, one work order that is missing. And if you wanted to go and see inside what's the work order, you can get to see the exact actual record. You can go drill down into that particular record itself. Okay. Let me show one of the examples here. Let me take you into this work order. Yeah, this is the work order. It should be number seven, but the work order number is not seven. So that's why it is highlighted as an exception. Okay, let me show one more thing here. We um, So what you saw in the validation is just one data set. You can, you can ask like, how do I perform mass validations, right? Across all data set that exist in my system. So we have something called bulk data validation where you can choose n number of tables and n number of business validation rules. So in the previous case, we just chose only one table. Here you see on the left, you have multiple uh, tables like customer orders, nation, part, and supplier. And for each column, you're doing a null check, duplicate check, zero value check, and you can, you can customize any number of checks that you wanted to add here. So I'll quickly go ahead and run this. And here you have a full snapshot of all the validation rules. So, so these are some of, of the capabilities of our data trust platform with which you can confidently say that all your data products has been fully validated and ready to go for the customer down, downstream consumptions. Okay. With that said, I will finally cover the last part of the demo, which is our actionable data market. So, <clears throat> Irrespective of if you are implementing a data mesh architecture or a data fabric architecture, um, most of the organizations today, they are cross-cloud, cross-platform. The, da the data is desperate, uh, desperately spread across different platforms, right? So uh, how do you, um, I mean, does your catalog solve your answers? Um, to a certain extent, catalog will will put together all the metadata together and you get to see in one place. But what next after the catalog, right? You wanted to really, you find a data set and you wanted to really access that data. You wanted to subscribe to that data product. You cannot do that today in data catalog. So that is why we introduced something called data market. And data market is a place where all the data products gets published. And your data products can be in any platform. 
and it can be in Snowflake, it can be in SQL Server, it can be in Salesforce, and the platform is capable with federated access. And here you can see we have um, we have published a lot of different products, and in each of this product we have uh, we are showing the data quality score. So what the validation and the reconciliation that we did on the previous platform. We derive a score and that score is trans transmitted to this platform to show the data quality of each and every individual data products. This gives confidence for the consumers. As a, as a visitor, if I come into this platform, I get to see, yes, this is 100% data quality. And this is, and you can also provide ratings as you start consuming the product, as you start using it. If you find this product useful, you can start rating your product so others get to use um, the same products as well. So getting into the data products. So here we see the we, we give you some statistics like who is the business owner for this data product, from where this product is uh, coming from, when was it created, what is a brief description of this data product, and what are the access methods. Okay, you find a product. Now you wanted to access this product to a Power BI or a Tableau dashboard. How do you want it to access? There are different access, uh, access uh, patterns. Um, you can use JDBC. You can use APIs. We create those APIs to for the downstream customers to consume the data. So all kind of access patterns is available. As a consumer, you can once the access has been granted by the business owner, you can start accessing the data product right away. And the product details. So based on certain sensitivity of the product, I mean each product is different. Certain products are uh, you know, public products, meaning, you know, anybody in the organization can see those products. Certain products are uh, highly restricted, confidential, and internal. Uh, based on that, we give a pre big preview of the product here. Uh, for example, if it's an internal, um, you know, uh, we know that customer address and things like that are sensitive. We just don't show you any of the customer address. We give you some synthetic data here, right? Just to have a feel of what are the columns exist in this platform. And once you subscribe to the product, you really get to see the actual preview. And when you consume the data, you will really see the real data, right? And you also get to see all the data quality rules behind this product. And um, for every every single columns, whatever you saw in the data quality trust platform, you get to see and uh, get comfortable with the data product itself. Yeah. With that said, uh, team, um, this um, this concludes uh, the three modules that I wanted to show you all today. Uh, back to you, Kevin. Thank you. That was awesome, Harish. Uh, you got a handful of questions. Uh, would you like to entertain a few of them? Sure, Kevin, absolutely. And, yeah, um, Kevin, that that good with you? Yeah, that sounds good. And then right okay. at the end, let me do. I'll do a quick wrap. Okay, cool. Um, some of them, so, several other questions have been answered in line, but this, um, I'll just run through them real quick, Harish. First one sure. um, comes from um, Emmanuel, and he's saying, "I suppose that Daniel used uh, the Snowflake copy." Uh, SQL statement when you did the migration, meaning it created the files in, in some stage. Um, can you explain a little bit? Um, yes, yes, I can take that question, uh, mm -hmm. Mike. So yes, uh, when we uh, when we do the copy, we have two ways, Emmanuel. One is we can directly use the JDBC and write to the actual Snowflake table, or we can also use your S3 stage. If you have an S3 stage, we can use that as the medium and the copy command will be automatically executed from there on. You don't have to write any copy commands. The moment you schedule our pipelines, we take it for you. All you have to do is um, set up your, give your S3 stage path and we'll take care of that. And then next question is, can the pipeline code 
be exported as source code so it could be committed into a Git repository? Yes, we have our own Git repository and we are currently working on um, you know, uh, exporting this into a, um, Git repositories like Azure DevOps and GitHub. Uh, currently, we have our own inbuilt uh, code repository, but we are uh, working on to publish it to a common repositories like GitHub. Yes. Awesome. And and behind the scene, what's the language being used? Um, is uh, it custom code? Is it SQL? What? Uh, behind the platform is powered by um, Spark, uh, mainly Java Spark. Yeah, okay. Java Spark and Python. Yes. All right, awesome. All right. Uh, does the tool allow me to migrate data from IBM's performance server to AWS, for example? Yes, yes. We do connect to IBM uh, uh, servers. Um, recently, we enabled log based replication as well. Uh, yes, we do support. Okay. All right. Um, you already answered this one. I, we can not only do one-time migrations, but we can set it up to do change data capture and just process yes. deltas on a scheduled yes. basis. Yep. Yes, uh, we do. How about migrating data from a cube to a tabular structure? Uh, we, we support uh, data for some SAP um, BW cubes, um, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, analysis service, I need to check with my team. I'm not um, aware of that part. Okay, thank you. How scalable is it for streaming large data sets? Yes, the platform comes. Uh, platform runs on Kubernetes, so it's highly scalable and um, horizontally scalable for any mm -hmm. streaming loads. Yes. All right. Cool. I think I think Harish is being a little modest there. You know, I when I would do my talk, I'd always talk about billions of rows of data. And the other day, he was showing me a monitoring tool that we've got. And he was like, "Well, take a look at this one." And it was something like 14 trillion records. He's like, yeah, these guys have been up for just a, a couple of months and they're already at like up in the tens of trillions. Um, so he's being slightly modest there. Okay. <laughs> and um, you got a lot of flexible platform deployment options. I can deploy it on-prem or in the cloud. It's all container-based. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. All three clouds we support and on-prem as well. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, do the validations always work on all table rules or can it be applied to just Delta being processed? Um, yes, uh, Kevin we can answer. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yes, yes. We can set up uh, the validation rules uh, to be performed only on on, on the CDC part. Yes. Um, and I believe um, you support pushdown, but a, a subsequent oh, yeah. question there was, I, does it support? I, uh, Yes, I, I forgot to mention. Maybe uh, I should have shown one of the pipeline. We have we have one pipeline uh, where we implemented a pushdown. Um, so we don't uh, when we enable the pushdown, we don't bring the data into our data factory. We leverage the power of Snowflake, Redshift, or BigQuery, these big platforms, because we understand those computers. Th mm -hmm. Those computers very powerful, and we push down a lot of these queries. Yes, we do fully support pushdown. Okay. Any support for single slash on-demand or continuous sync DDL checks? So looking for your know, structure changes. Yes, the schema changes. Yes, mm -hmm. we, we yeah yeah schema evolution is part of the product. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. How would you handle encryption during the transfer of the data from source to target? Yes, we we have uh, we have um, you know the regular encryptions. Um, the, I think the, yeah, the regular encryptions are there at rest mm -hmm. uh, and as well as at the motion, yes. Okay, gotcha. And 
Juan is curious if you integrate with Data Robot. Uh, not yet, not yet, okay. uh, not into, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, that pretty much, we blew through all the questions. Great job answering them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Kevin, right on time. You. Yeah. Yeah. So just to kind of, uh, just to kind of wrap here. So we walked you through the no-code data factory. We walked you through the trust platform, the actionable data market. Important thing to remember here is it's all modular. It's integrated, all works together like Harish was showing you, but it's modular. So if you just say, I need one-time migration, or if I want continuous pipelines, or if I want a trust, or if I want a data market that works from whatever the data source is, from uh, right data or from anything else, we've got that for you as well. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much, folks. We were, we were uh, happy to present to you and, and uh, grateful to be part of the uh, Technology Matters Marathon. Great job, gentlemen. Well done. Thank you hey, for kicking hey, it hey, off. Thanks. That yeah, was thank awesome. You. All thank the guys. info. Okay, everybody. So we're going to go on a 10-minute break. At the end of each session, we're going to take a 10-minute break. We'll put up just kind of a placeholder slide. It's your bio break. Get your coffee. Do whatever you need to do. Take the dog out. Um, <laughs> and we will be back for Data Robot uh, at the top of the hour. So we look forward to seeing you then. Thank All you right. so much, Kevin and Harish. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you, gentlemen. Have a great thank day. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you.